turn to someone and see if they're okay. Thank them for sitting next to you. We want to jump right into what happened that morning in Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 1. Early, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a deep faint. These devoted women, not men, These devoted women, these women, were up early. Some of the other gospel writers said that they came to anoint. They came to put spices into the body of Jesus. And as they were coming in early, the women... Bible says that there was a great earthquake and the earth shouted and signaled the absolute victory of Jesus. And then this angel that had a heavenly face like shining, like lightning, comes in, moves the 2,750 pound stone and then sits there happily and by the way he didn't the angel didn't move the stone so that Jesus could get out but that we could look in and we could verify that Jesus was not there The guards were stunned, motionless, and just about dead. Verse 5 says, Then the angel spoke to the women, the women, Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said he would, it would happen. See, come where his body is lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. Remember what I have told you. The declaration today is simply this. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Say it together. He is not here. Say it louder. He is not here. So the women, the women, they actually, all right. The women, the women actually, the amazing story here is the fact that the women can't grasp 
the understanding with their educational degrees and they can't figure it out with their mind. But the women do one thing. They decide at that moment that they are going to believe that what the angel said was true and not only believe what the angel said was true, but then actually to act on what they believed and show that their belief was active. And so the Bible says here, they go over and they look in the tomb, the women, and when they look in the tomb, this is what they see. They see his grave clothes, but Jesus was not there. And what he was saying, it was this. I am alive. I am the resurrection and the life. I am whatever you need. Hallelujah. 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 And they decide to run and they go. And all of, all, all of a sudden, Jesus appears. And that's, that's what can happen whether you have known Jesus for a century or more and you think you really have this down, but for all of us, whether we're rookies or you come this morning and you're a seeker or you're just here, what is amazing is that Jesus, the Son of God, the risen Jesus, can appear at a moment and all of a sudden, it's not about how I can understand with my mind because there are many moments that we have with Jesus that we begin to experience something in our hearts. We can't even, we can't even put words to it, but we know it's real. And that happened. And they met Jesus. Now, Jesus is alive. It happens to be still resurrection day, and he has these appearances in his resurrected body. He shows himself to Mary Magdalene, to some the disciples. And I suppose he is walking around the garden cemetery when all of a sudden he sees a couple, quote, followers that are moving away from Jerusalem. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 16, the Bible says that all of a sudden he kind of he kind of slips he kind of slips behind them and with them and it is clear from the Bible that they are headed to Emmaus 7 miles from Jerusalem but they are headed they are headed in the wrong direction and Jesus kind of slips up on them 
and God made it possible. They didn't know who he was, and, and he comes up, and he says, uh, hey, what's up? <laughs> you guys look like you're pretty intense on what's going on. And then they begin to talk about Jesus to Jesus. And they begin to tell them a little bit about what's happening. And they talked to Jesus and they said, you know, uh, verse 19, you know, we, we, we knew Jesus was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. Uh, he's a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. Uh, we, we really, uh, we really were into this guy Jesus. And then they say something that's amazing. Remember, they're going the wrong direction. They are walking away from the promise that God has for their life. They have decided in their own thinking and they had somehow evaluated what is happening because they didn't believe that Jesus' death was a part of what they anticipated in, a, in the Messiah. And then they make this statement in verse number 20. And they say, 21, we had hoped, we had hoped, say that, we had, we had hoped, we had hoped. We're walking away from the promise, we're walking away from every hope that Jesus was the Messiah. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And that's what happens often to us. We had hoped. We had hoped that by now our addiction would have subsided. We have hoped that somehow that marriage was going to work. We, we had hoped in it. I, I, I had put everything into it. I had hoped. We had hoped that maybe there would be peace in our family one day. And maybe my mom and dad would begin to love each other. We had hoped the insecurity would lead, would really leave. And some have walked away from the promise because they believed that they would encounter Jesus and Jesus would be real in their life. But somehow things leveled out. We hoped that we would experience the power of Christ. And some have given up all hope. And Jesus, Jesus listens. And he realizes he's with two individuals that are walking in the wrong direction. 
They're walking in the wrong direction, not only because their hopes became blurred, they're walking in the wrong direction because at one moment, even though they heard as they were leaving Jerusalem, they heard that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. They heard it. Somebody text them. <laughs> so, the finality of it was not only that they, they lost hope, but at one point, they stopped believing. And as I was waiting and preparing the talk today, I kept seeing and hearing this word, believe. Because when everything is said and done, there's a, there's a decision we all make to believe. I'm never gonna understand the resurrection. It is not intellectually understandable. And I have to decide, is this a myth? Is this a platitude? Is this a church thing? Or do I really believe on this, set, this resurrection day? Do I really believe? Do I really believe? I know about him. I, I, I have studied him. I, I'm familiar with him. And my, my, my parents were Christians. and I, that, None of that means anything. Do I believe? Do I believe? Do I believe? Whether you're 60 or 16, do you believe? Or have you put your focus on what you hope for and you're sitting in this room and you are walking in the opposite direction? Well, today, every single one of us can have this decision that we decide that we will believe and we will experience. Hallelujah. Who Jesus is. Got off my notes there for a minute. And now Jesus gives them a walking sermon. The Bible says in verse 30, 26, wasn't it clear Jesus talking? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering the glory or resurrection? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets and explained the scriptures and things concerning himself. All of a sudden, they're at Emmaus. They're seven miles down the road, a couple hours. And they say to this man that's with them, uh, why, don't, why don't you stay with us tonight? And Jesus says, cool. And he stays there. And then the Bible says, in verse 30, as they sat down to eat, 
he took the bread and blessed it. And then he broke it and it gave it and gave it to them. They must have before they had seen Jesus break the bread. And as they're in this house there at the table and he's breaking the bread and say, would you like a piece of bread? All of a sudden, the Bible says, suddenly, suddenly, their eyes were opened and all of a sudden, they were able to recognize this is Jesus that has been with us and immediately he was gone. And every one of us can have a suddenly where our eyes are open and we say in our hearts, oh my goodness, Jesus is real. I just learned the story of Cherie Shields. She was an atheist, never had any interest in any way about God. Her life was good, but she said, deep down inside my heart, I knew something was wrong. She said, night after night, I would go to sleep and I would cry. And she became a recluse in college and separated herself from the roommates. She said, I swore like a sailor, whatever that means. <laughs> and one night in July, a couple years ago, her boyfriend and his father and sister said, we're going to go to this little uh, house meeting over here. Would you like to go with us? And so Cherie thought, all right, uh, this will be like a quick Bible study and I'm out of there. And she goes into this, this little group meeting and they're kind of having a nice time and she notices the people there that quite passionate singing about the Lord. And then, then they start like walking around the room and praying. And kind of a little different. Out of nowhere, happens to be a pastor there, and he comes over and he says to her, have you, have you ever opened your heart to the Lord? Ever allow Jesus to forgive you your sins and give your life to him? She said, no. And he said, you want to do it right now? And she said, now? And right there in that house, she's very innocently opened her heart to Jesus. 
And she said, after I opened my heart to Jesus and I gave him my life, it's like everything in my life started to change. And now she is amazingly has a, a post and a special something. And her heart is really for atheists. And so she is reaching out to atheists and Josefina, this young girl, saw her post and she's an atheist and they were communicating and she's in Denmark. And so just, uh, just a few weeks ago, this uh, atheist gave her life to Jesus in Denmark She now has this thing about wanting to reach the atheist. Now she has a small group right here in our church in the Avenue, our college and young adults. She married her boyfriend, Blake. That's good. She had been involved in all kinds of ministry in our church. And it's amazing how God is using her in an incredible, incredible way. And I think Cherie and Blake are here somewhere in the service. Stand up. Stand up. Here's What? What, is, what, what has made you, perhaps, go in the wrong direction? And why are, you, why are you running from the promise that God has for your life? It's amazing. It's never too late to turn around. Because when these two people realized that this was Jesus, the Bible says that they immediately turned around, verse 32, the Bible says as Jesus was talking to them, their hearts were actually on fire. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, just as when we read the Bible, like right now, the, the Bible is the word of God and something begins to happen inside of us and the Bible really describes it as a fire because it begins to do something inside of us that entertainment cannot do and drugs and alcohol cannot do and religion cannot do. There's something about when you hear the word of God and it comes into your life and all of a sudden, you can't even put words to it. You can't even describe it. But you only know that something is happening inside of you and you have gone beyond knowledge. And you have a fire. You are on fire. The Bible says, these guys turn around. 
They turn around and they head back to Jerusalem. They head, head back with the other disciples and they turn back because at one point they decided, I believe, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that Jesus is who he said he, he is. I believe that Jesus forgives my sin. I believe. And I pray that when we leave in a few minutes out these doors, that every person, those who have somehow turned back, those who have allowed something you hope for, I hope that this should happen. I hope that that would happen, that somehow you allow your hopes to drift off into, onto the, into the horizon and you come out and you say, I choose to believe that Jesus is real. And the Bible says when they got back there, Jesus showed up again because he always responds to those who have open hearts and want to experience the power of Jesus. Actually, Everyone who comes to Jesus, prior to that, you're an atheist. You don't believe. I was at the gym swimming last night or around four, and we're, we had these discussions in, in the locker room that usually end up talking about Jesus. And this guy, Jim, is there. Hey, Jim, you uh, going to church tomorrow? Nope. <laughs> All right. I go over and give some cards. He looks at it. Says, I'm an atheist. I said, oh, our church loves atheists. <laughs> I love atheists. Yeah, he said, you know, I, I debate and I talk and, and I said, oh, I don't debate at all. <laughs> hey, Jim, why don't you do this? You come in, you don't believe, believe in God? All right, that's okay. And just come in, sit down in a chair and just say, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he turned his head but I hope he didn't turn his heart. This is resurrection day. And there are things that are in our lives that need to be resurrected. There are dreams. There are visions. I don't believe anyone should live on the earth without a vision and without a dream. Without a dream. Because you're going to have a dream, your life is going nowhere, and you sit around doing nothing, and you don't have to sit around on the sidelines. You can get a dream. But if you allow your dream to die, because we hope that, we hope it, what would happen of 
The several thousand people are here today that somehow we believe this was resurrection day and it was not only to look back and say Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but maybe it is to put it this in context that the resurrection has to happen within my life and that I can have my dreams and I can have my visions, not my dreams and my visions, but the visions that he has for my life that they can come alive and I can begin to understand I have been called for such a moment as this and I am have been called to be a world changer. When I got that vision and prayer in the back porch, February 14th, 2016, praying there, and I heard so distinctly in my heart where he said, Alex, this church you will be a part of the greatest awakening that has ever happened in the history of the Christian church. And I can tell you, I keep that dream alive every single, every single day. I, I think about it. I come up here because I see, I see what God's going to do. I see what God is doing. And I begin to believe that what he said is true. And I begin to write it down in my book in the mornings. And I, I keep it alive. What dream? What dream did you let die? You had a dream when you were 16. What, what, what happened to you? I speak to your dreams right now in the name of Jesus. I said, be resurrected. <laughs> and there are marriages that are dead. And God can resurrect them. There are bondages that need to be touched with the power of the resurrection. My prayer as I moved into this day was simply the prayer of the great apostle Paul where he simply says, I want to know Christ. To know him is to be close. To know him is to talk to him. Jesus said, you come to me, you come like a child. Well, you not only come like a child, you stay as a child. With this propensity to believe. This heart that is open to the Lord. These supernatural moments where Jesus opens up his heart to us. We were driving in this morning. Judith was driving. I felt that moment in the car. I felt Jesus is here. I lifted up my hand. And I said, hallelujah. He wants to also have some of us to have spiritual resurrections. There's some here, you're in a spiritual slump. You love Jesus, and we all get there. What would happen today if there's a new life that came into you? Tonight, before you go to bed, and I like to do this most nights. I like to kneel by my bed. 
and I say the Lord's Prayer, and I thank the Lord for his goodness, and I tell the Lord, I love you. Sometimes it's a minute, two minutes, sometimes it's a little longer. I thank him for his goodness that day. Maybe, maybe this is your moment. This is your moment just to say yes. Say, Jesus, I need you to come. I need you to open my eyes. I know the Bible says in John eleven twenty five. he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he says, very basically and so beautifully here that he who believes in me, though he may, may die, he will live. That's that word again, believe. I was just a, like a teenager. My dad was uh, preaching. It was like Sunday night. We had these big services. Our little assembly got church. It's a couple hundred there. And that uh, Sunday night, I can remember uh, coming up. Uh, my dad had spoken. I was really moved. And I went to the right side of the altar, like right there. All these young people gathered and said, Alex is at the altar. I can remember, uh, I had my hands up. As you know, I'm not emotional. But I was, I felt Jesus. I always look back to that moment when I said, yes, Jesus. Imagine, imagine in a moment our eyes being opened. In a moment we're going to stand. I'm going to ask people, I'm going to count to three and ask people to raise their hand and just said, I want to believe. I just want to be forgiven. What if, what if this is your moment, like Cleopas and his friend? Eyes were opened. You say, I'm Catholic. I'm Methodist. I'm, it's not a name of a group only. It's about having Jesus come into our hearts. And we turn around. And we begin to follow him, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, I know everybody's done something bad. And the enemy tries to 
corrode our lives with guilt, condemnation, shame, where we feel so worthless. If Jesus did not value us, he would not have come on the cross. That means you, all of us, have value. He came after us. came after us. We don't initiate anything. All we do is respond and say, yes, Jesus. It's me, Bob. Jesus. I need you. In a moment we're going to stand and I'm going to ask no one to move unless it's an emergency. This can be your moment. That was my moment. <laughs> it's just one moment. You don't do anything. All you do is say yes. I walk forward we just walk and we say yes we present ourselves to Jesus there's no one like Jesus I'm going to ask everyone to stand please no one moving please in the balcony no one moving just for a minute Just a moment, I'm gonna ask those that need to be forgiven of sin, you say, pray for me. It's, it's just like one hand going up, or maybe you've been disconnected. There's some people here you really knew Jesus, but something you got on the wrong road. Today is your day to come, come back and believe again. This is your moment. A lot of you that are here this morning, there have been people praying for you for years. My mom and dad were praying for me and a lot of other people. No one moving for a second. I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, in faith, you're going to put up your hand and you're, you're just going to say, I choose to believe and I want forgiveness. I'm going to believe today. That's all you have to do. I want to count to three. Pray for me. One, two, three. Put up your hand wherever you are. Put it up. Yes, yes. Put it up. Yes, yes. Put it up. All the building. Over there. Over there. Put it up. Put it up, put it up. Yes, Jesus. Gonna ask those that raised your hand or you didn't just to come here and stand for a short prayer. Come right now, wherever you are. In the balcony, come down the sides. Come to Jesus right now.
Come right now. Yes, come. Yes, come. That's it. That's it. Come. Come.
all of you coming on this day and walking an aisle and say, Jesus, I'm going to open my heart to you. Our focus is not how bad you've been, but how great Jesus is. And the way we come to Christ is to open our heart and we give him our life and we just pray a prayer in faith. If you pray this prayer in faith, the Lord will come in your heart and it will be the beginning of a journey of following Jesus. And our focus here is on how much Jesus loves you and loves me and how great his grace is that we don't get what we deserve. We get his favor. And right after this, Pastor Dave is over here. We're going to step to the side. We have friends in this room. It's going to take about five minutes. I want everyone to go, please. I'm going to give you a Bible. And we, we're a family here, so we want to stay with you and help you. I just sense the Lord say, right after you make this decision, for no one to leave, that there were going to be incredible healings incredible healings those we have many around the nation that are watching online and I hope you'll pray this prayer right there wherever you are whether it's at the beach or in your room or at a bar you can give your life to Christ and there's someone that's watching and you're an atheist Okay, pray the prayer, see what happens. So I'd like us all to pray this prayer. If you didn't come, pray the prayer. And there's someone in this area up here didn't come. And I think I'm looking right at the man up there. You pray the prayer, Christ will touch your life back there. And let's say this loudly. I like the enemy to know where he stands. Amen. Jesus, Jesus I, put I put my faith in you that you took my sins on the cross. Took my sins on the cross. I, confess I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, from the dead. and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You're in the family. Go with them for a couple minutes here. Go, go with them. All of you, no one leave for a minute. Yes.